Hello, this is a public service announcement. This is a time when people in the media are creating a huge fuss over two people who have been a bit on and off, but have decided to commit to one another and bring joy to their people in a massive public celebration. One of them is very posh with bad hair, the other is an unusually attractive commoner. The only problem is, the newspapers have got the date all wrong. They seem to think it will be on Friday 29th of April, but in fact, it's happening right now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hallam Paul Football Log. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, after yet another slightly extended hiatus, uh, I am proud and happy to welcome back to the phone lines of Skype, which are now working again, my colleague, best man and general all-round good guy, Hal Stewart. Hal, hello. Hello, Mr. Stavely. That was the Hallam Paul Football Log, ladies and gentlemen. There's football twig this week because of, um, thanks to logger, <laughs> logger Chris, who's been in, uh, in constant touch during our hiatus. He has been uh, tweeting us uh, severally, and we said on the other day that we were going to have exciting news because my computer is now working again and we can do this this log. And he said, don't tell me one of you is pregnant. And I said, both of us are actually pregnant. <laughs> and he said, fantastic. I look forward to the resulting baby football twig. So today is the Hallam Paul yeah. Football Twig. And, uh, what we've would been you call a baby that you and I spawned? Uh, very, very unfortunate and very possibly short-lived, I would imagine, the genetic makeup <laughs> on its own. I don't know, it would need it would need uh, a lot of medical care and probably a lot of um, self-confidence boosting as it grew up with a mixture of our looks. Yeah, we could call it Pal or Hall. Yeah, and neither of those are particularly... Uh, we could call it Hasty and Peace Day, which I seem to recall were our gangster rap things. Yeah, the... this, this child's name is going to be the least of its problems. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed, and we'll have some certain uh, explaining to do to the other halves. Of our, yeah. uh, of our good selves as well. So let's maybe not go down that road. But for now, um, here you are. It's almost like we have, it's been that painful these last few months not speaking to you. It's almost been like having a, a little baby log. And um, so it's nice to be, you know, back chatting. I don't know where you're going with that, but I'll tell you what's been painful. Sheffield uh, United is, of course, inevitable relegation. Yeah, it's been heartbreaking for me to watch as a, as a second, you know, they're my second team. And they have been for, ever since I've had a second team, it's what, no, is it 10, 12, 13 years or something since... I met you and going up. I it does. That. It does. It seems to go up every time I think about it, which is once every 365 days or so. And it seems that they're now destined to be uh, relegated. Do you think it's because we haven't logged? It's literally since we stopped logging that the demise started. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the trick. I don't know. Do uh, do a lot of Sheffield United players listen to this and gain their strength from it? Uh, maybe. Uh, that, that's actually pretty worrying. Gosh, just the thought. I know that uh, Darius Henderson is uh, on Twitter. He's tweeting now. Um, he's sharing his thoughts with the, uh, the the three or four people that bothered to read those. And does, does not have any, any thoughts? Not any others. No, I mean, he actually he got a little bit of bother, actually, because he was retweeting people having a bit of a go at him, saying oh, he's looking forward to his holidays, and getting his holidays a lot sooner than he would if he'd got into the playoffs, for example. So a lot of people were rather disappointed at that, mm. showing off, caring about his holidays, when uh, a lot of the rest of us don't have any that to look forward to at all. We're just worried about next season. Didn't, uh, didn't Gary O'Neill get into similar trouble at Middlesbrough? His, his wife put something on Facebook, apparently, about wanting to lose the playoffs so she could go on holiday sooner or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. It's, been, it's been quite a while for uh, footballers getting in trouble on Twitter, because uh, I don't know if you read about this, but the captain of the under-20 Berwick team, was it? Um has been uh, f- has been sacked has been his his, can- his contract's been uh, cancelled after he posted on twitter something very unpleasant about neil lennon um, Berwick rangers under 17 captain 
And um, you know Neil Lennon was sent this parcel bomb recently, and it's, yeah. been, it's been around the news, of course, and um, everybody, I'm sure, is is kind of, you know, a bit of solidarity with him there, because nobody likes to think of that going on. But the um, this guy, what's his name? Sorry, Kieran Bowell, or Bowell. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, he said, I hope that... Uh, Bowles, I think. Right, sorry, I'll I'll, re- I'll remove the swearing from the uh, <laughs> uh, from the tweet just for any kids who are listening. But he said, "I hope that effing parcel bomb killed the dirty little c-word," um, which is fairly kind of clear, I think. If you if you want a, an opinion, I think you can't really. Let's read between the lines here. Yeah. I think <laughs> try and analyse that. I'm an English teacher. I ought to be able to, you know, decipher his real meaning. And I, I think he was being pretty unpleasant there. So his, his contract's been terminated. He's only 16 years old, but still, uh, he's old enough not to be that stupid, I think. I say read between the lines. Beric's manager is called Jimmy Crease, isn't he? That's almost... Uh, it's rather apt there for that. <laughs> is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, straight lines, you know, Crease. Uh, well, people have had to live without this for months now. <laughs> we should definitely keep this quality <laughs> up so they come back for more. We're on, a, we're on a bit of a limited time budget as well, so we better get on to some, you know... Actual football, I suppose, have we? Yeah, well, let's talk about La Liga leading on to the uh, the Cup of Kings. Yes, the league with two teams, as we know. Um, there are only two teams in La Liga this season and every other season, it seems. And while um, the gap between third and fourth is now very tight, the gap between third and second is 15 points. And, of course, first and second is going to be Barcelona and Real Madrid. And they are engaged. They're so far halfway through a massive epic encounter. The offside uh, Barcelona page are calling it the four Clasicos of the Apocalypse. Uh, four Clasicos in, I think, 18 days or something. And um, we've had two games so far. What, what have your thoughts been? I only saw the first one. I must admit, I decided to watch uh, Tottenham against Arsenal. Very wise. And then I didn't catch some kipper. Yeah, I think out of the two games, I caught the right one. But uh, I know from the, the first match, uh, two penalties. Arguably, Barcelona should have had a penalty prior to their mm. penalty they were given. Um, I think the red card again, I mean, that's almost standard fare now, isn't it? A red card in the games between Well, I think they said that not only is it standard fare in the Clasicos, but also Jose Mourinho has now had, I think, nine red cards against Barcelona yeah. in his managerial career. Yeah, just bad luck, Jose. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but then Sky Sports showed a a montage of them all together, and there really weren't any that you could argue with. Maybe, possibly the Thiago Motta one in the uh, Champions League semi-final when Sergio Busquets, a player who I'm developing a real dislike for, I must admit, uh, went down. Well, because he, I mean, the Sky Sports commentators were talking about it on um, in Saturday's Classico, which is that he wants to style himself as a bit of a midfield hard man, and he went through uh, Javi Alonso last night uh, like a knife through butter. He really um, landed his studs on. You know, Paul Scholes' tackle in the FA Cup semi-final he got oh, sent off for. It was kind of like that, but worse. So he's a bit dirty, but also if there's any contact with him anywhere on the, his body, anywhere on the pitch. He goes down holding his face and rides around in agony. And the, even the Sky Sports commentators were saying it's just embarrassing and you can't call yourself a midfield hard man if you're going to act like that. So he seems to be uh, just a generally dislikable character, I think. He doesn't have the physique of a midfield hard man. I wonder as well also, do those commentators act like they do with Sergio Busquets when, uh, you know, when Paul Scholes makes a tackle? Yeah. You, there's almost this standard line, it's sort of a little laugh, and then, oh, well, you know, he can't tackle. Yeah, it's almost like a running joke when actually the tackles he's making are serious and could be career threatening. Well, this this ran for a little while on Twitter actually when I because I, I, I said this, this, something similar on Saturday when the game was going on and said you know it's all very well this kind of chuckling about Paul Scholes' tackling inability and I remember doing this in like 1999 I think when he was sent off for England um, against Sweden I think it was and um, even then it was sort of. You know, he was a great player, he is a great player, and he has been a great player, but he's been in the game now the best part of 20 years, 
and to not be able to tackle, and not only not be able to tackle at all, but to constantly, you know, um, slide in so late or, or so high as he did against Manchester City, it's not really funny, I don't think. And, and I've heard, I mean, I don't know how true this is, because obviously football rumours are ten a penny, but I have heard tell from people who know uh, the game that he's actually not that bad at tackling at all, but he takes advantage of this fact that, you know, people kind of expect him to, to get it a little bit wrong, to occasionally leave his studs in. Now, I don't know whether that's he, true or not. But uh, He can tackle. Of course he can. Yeah, but he certainly, I mean, you know, the, the idea of complaining about um, the red card on Saturday at Wembley was uh, slightly um, obscure, I think, because that was a blatant red, if ever I've seen one. Yeah, well, let's focus on the, the Cup of Kings, the Copa del Rey. Yes, indeed. You obviously have more insight in this than me. So yeah, I well, I watched, the, uh, I watched the Tottenham Arsenal match um, last night, and well done to, to both teams, even though neither side really wanted that result. It was a great game, but I also sky the um the Classico and then watched it. Uh, on yeah, with your fancy telly. Oh, I know. It's uh, We've got it up north now. It's very impressive stuff. And um, next week, running water, which will be nice. I, I'm kind I must say, for those that follow us on Facebook and the Twitter, I know of my colours to the mask. I don't often do predictions. The one prediction I said was that neither the game would be a draw. And, of course, at full time in both matches, <laughs> <laughs> was the result. Yeah, I said that Spurs and Madrid would win. So I was half right, which is, you know, kind of better than You're I wrong. get on my... <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was half wrong, but I suppose you've got to look at, you know, is the cup half full or half empty? And we'll talk about the cup itself in just a moment. Um, the actual game was, was like the first game, was fairly cagey. Barcelona weren't at their best by a long way, but I think that's quite a lot to do with Mourinho's tactical um, input because he's obviously learned a lot from the 5-0 mauling that they got at the, uh, the new camp back in November, I think it was, or early December. I was hoping you were going to say tactical mouse, because I, I always, whenever I hear you say mouse, I hear mouse. And yeah. I want to see... I want to see Jose Mourinho's tactical mouth. Jose Mourinho's tactical mouth. If I hadn't, if I hadn't already decided to call this episode the football twig, I think Jose Mourinho's tactical mouse would be a better one. Maybe I will call it that after all. I think and um, that's what his wife calls his penis. <laughs> <laughs> the number of jokes. If only we had time. The number of jokes about. Uh, well, yeah. I, I won't go well, into it. It's not my birthday. No, not time for the mouse. <laughs> <laughs> easy, easy there, Tiger. Um, put the mouse back in the house. He's um, he's obviously developed a way of playing against Barcelona, and he showed that with Inter Milan last year. They were very frustrated. They had a lot of men behind the ball, uh, and eventually it took a, a really. It was a really good goal, actually. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo with a header. Di Maria, who played very well all night until he got sent off, and uh, continued. He's played a lot of times uh, this season for Real Madrid. He's been, I think, apart from actually maybe even more than Casillas, I think he's been one of the most consistent performers and played the most uh, appearances. Yeah, because I thought he had a, a fairly well, not not a bad game on on Saturday, but not as influential as I think he would have liked, uh, or any of the Madrid fans would have liked in the one when the one all draw. But he was very impressive last night, particularly with his tracking back. And I know that. Mourinho got a lot of credit for getting Eto to do the same thing when he was at Inter. The ability he had to track back and, and take care of the uh, you know defensive side of his game, and obviously Di Maria, who I've been quite impressed with ever since I first saw him in a Argentina qualifier. If you remember that Argentina qualifier, I think against Peru, where everything went mental and it rained and there were goals in the last yeah. minute. Martin Palermo scored. Yeah, that was the first time I'd really seen Di Maria, and uh, thought he was good. And he was good last night as well. Set up uh, Ronaldo's goal, and it's hard to argue that Madrid sort of deserved it really, and and also. I'd be interested to know how mentally important it was for them to, want, to have won last night going into the Champions League. And uh, it's nice to know that the uh, Copa del Rey is in safe hands. Although, <coughs> not as safe as we may have thought. You know where this is going, as, as does everybody, I suppose. But uh, <laughs> I posted on Facebook today, for those of you who didn't see it, you can check it out at facebook.com slash the Hallam Paul Football Log. It's a video of the uh, bus top parade that Madrid had, since they don't win much these days, of the Copa del Rey. And um, that's, that's time was 1993. 1993, yeah. 
And uh, so they had a bit of a bus top parade. And as the bus was going through Madrid, Sergio Ramos was uh, jumping around with the cup and managed to drop it in front of the bus, which then promptly ran it over and uh, and crushed it. And it's really, you can't believe it. When I saw it, I thought, well, it must be a, this must be an over-exaggeration in the description of the video. But it really isn't. That's, uh, and that's exactly what happened. And it made me laugh out loud, or lol, as the internet forums would say, I suppose. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, dropping the cup, eh? Rumours that Aurelio Gomez will be put in charge of the next cup are as yet unfounded. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, apparently uh, somebody tweeted me the other day saying that um, 15 seconds after that happened, Ramos got a call from Arsenal asking <laughs> if they'd be their keeper for the next season. So uh, we've still got, sorry, we've still got the Champions League semi-final to come. That's in uh, yeah. next week and the week after. I'm very much looking forward to it. I think the scene has been very well set for that. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be fantastic, isn't it? Of course, we've got loads more games of Barcelona and Real Madrid to, uh, to look forward to in the meantime as well. Yeah, indeed. Well, actually, it's interesting that Madrid are playing Valencia this uh, weekend, or as our friend Guy Scamendieta called them, Valencia. Uh, and they, but still, they went back to Madrid last night, obviously for the for this bus stop parade, which is, in hindsight, I'm sure, looking like a great decision. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're going back there this weekend to the Mestalla. So it's sort of strange that they didn't stay, um, you know, just to give themselves a bit less time travelling. But I suppose well, they've got... They- they have this thing in Spain, and the fans certainly do it. We don't do it in this country, but we probably should, where they have an area or a segregation or a fountain or just somewhere, a place, that they all congregate and they all go to celebrate every major victory. Right. And that's why they'll have gone back to be in Madrid with the fans. We should definitely introduce that over in the UK. By the way, when Guy Scamendiet is on the telly, do you do that thing that I do? With anyone who's in earshot, you just go, I've interviewed him. Yep. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm going to of that. Yeah, even to my other half, who not only knows perfectly well, uh, she's a Middlesbrough fan, and, and she knows... Uh, she's a big fan of Guy Scamendia and she knows very well that we interviewed him because on the day it happened I came back going oh my god we met Guy Scamendia and interviewed him and um, uh, yeah and still if he's on the telly I'll go look 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 until she does <laughs> and uh, at yeah. which point I'll say I've interviewed him and she will leave me uh, it takes ages to get her back but uh, she's here for now so that's nice you've got to stop texting <laughs> me every time on the telly as well saying the exact same <laughs> thing uh, yeah. before we run out of time there's been a real sort of wave of interesting stories in the papers. Rio Ferdinand stalker arrested by police. This is a, a woman who stalked Manchester United footballer Rio Ferdinand has been arrested after she fled court. I just was watching the pictures and I was watching on telly and she stormed out and I couldn't stop but think Rio would have caught her five years ago. But, it, you know, it's the knees. It's the knees now, isn't it? Bless her. And, and the accused is said to have been to Rio's home, training grounds, and even made a trip to see him at Old Trafford. Uh, oh. So she's achieved a lot more than the Fabio Capello in the last few weeks. Although, if you want to see Fabio, just go and watch another Real Madrid Barca game, because I don't know what he was doing at that. Yeah, a lot of, lot of English players playing in that uh, game, of course. Yeah, There would have been uh, at one time with uh, old Stevie McManaman, who scored in the Classico, um, lest we forget, and David Beckham, who once assisted Ronaldo in one. But, uh, yeah, nobody out there at the moment. The, the only thing I was going to say was um, that I wondered if, at first, when I heard about it, when I heard that a woman had been arrested for stalking Rio Ferdinand, I thought maybe it was Robbie Savage, and they just <laughs> got confused, because I don't know if you've seen their banter in inverted comments yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, it's, it's fairly inane and fairly terrible, although it's, I must admit it's better now than it was. Speaking of inane and fairly terrible, have you read uh, Rio's magazine, his online free magazine? <laughs> I have not, in fact. Well, it, it, it had, one of them, I think issue five, had Snoop Dogg on the front. And so I sort of had a little look and read the Snoop Dogg section. And when I say section, we're talking like a paragraph. And that was it. Wow. Well, Snoop Dogg is not a big name in the world. I mean, you know, what's he ever done? Exactly. Uh, there's a few things we normally do, Paul. Because we're running out of time, I thought it would be, it'd be churlish if we didn't squeeze in lower league one to watch. Yeah, I would also like to squeeze in my FA Cup fact of the day, my quiz question, and I'm sure there'll be quite a few things that we don't have time for as well. 
Indeed. Why don't you squeeze in uh, your FA Cup fact of the day first while we're talking cups? Well, obviously we had the two FA Cup semi-finals this weekend at Wembley, which is uh, perfectly sensible since all the clubs came from the same sort of 50-mile radius in the northwest. But um, this FA Cup final between Manchester City and Stoke, if you take the established top four as Liverpool, Arsenal, Manchester United and Chelsea, this is uh, a final that doesn't contain one of those top four, which is a rarity. Because, in fact, it's only the third one, sorry, the second one, since Spurs v Forest in 1991 to not contain one of those four clubs. Uh, so the other one being, of course, Portsmouth against Cardiff in 2008. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, a, a new name on the cup. It certainly would. In fact, we're, we're pretty lucky, you and I, that our teams are considerably rubbish enough that we don't have to worry about high prices for an FA Cup game. And even higher prices, imagine if we'd got to the Champions League final. Well, indeed, I mean, Platini's have to apologise for that, hasn't he? He has said sorry, and they, I mean, look at the examples. An adult and a child package is £338. Apparently, it's going to go down for a future Champions League encounter, but what a disgrace. Yeah, it's nice for him to have apologised after the tickets have been bought. I don't notice <laughs> if there's been any sort of mention of a money-back thing or anything like that. I don't know if that's going to happen. No, I doubt, I doubt it extremely highly. I mean, the thing is with Patina, he's got more important things to worry about, like a re-election and all that sort of thing. <laughs> yes, indeed. I'm interested to see if... Uh, Apparently, Seth Blatter has encouraged voters to reject change. It's kind of opposite of Barack Obama's successful yeah. presidential campaign uh, and vote him in for another term. So we'll have to see how Who's that ever goes. The thing with Barack Obama is he said, we, you know, we're going to bring change. No one's ever going to say, oh, well, you know, no, everything's great. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing with Seth Blatter. He's, yeah, totally wrong. It won't work. But lower league one to watch. Just yeah, go on. You've got to disappear. Uh, I was going to talk about um, Sean Geddes of Walsall, the midfielder currently, and not encouragingly, on loan at Redditch United. But right. he, has got a, he has got a bright future. He's five foot six, not great in the air, 19 years old, eye for a pass, likes to get stuck in, fair bit of pace, been with Walsall since he was in the youth side. But I thought, yeah, Sean would be a great one to talk about, but uh, we might save this one for next week. Remind me to talk about him, because this guy's going to be huge. Sean's a maybe. Anthony Pilkington is a definitely, and we'll have to talk about him next week. We will indeed. Uh, my quiz, I look forward to that, by the way, because I haven't been keeping up as much with the lower leagues. Well, I have been keeping up as much as you would expect, which yeah. is uh, not very much well, at all. Well, there's lots of Discovery Channel programs for you to watch. Well, you know, know, sharks and Nazis. I've got to learn these things. I'm a teacher. Um, so it's time for our quick quiz question, which is what links Francis Jeffers and David Nugent? It's fairly easy. I'm sure many people will be able to tell me the answer. But if you, uh, if you would like to win today's prize, which is a free tweet got that. from me, have you? Don't tell yeah. me it now, because if you get the answer right, then the whole composition's ruined. Uh, but what links Francis Jeffers, uh, Arsenal Hall of Famer, and David, David Nugent? What links those two players? I was talking about Francis Jeffers with a colleague today who said uh, that Arsene Wenger shouldn't be sacked. And I said Arsene Wenger should have been sacked the minute he spent, spent £9 million on Francis Jeffers. It's certainly a way of looking at it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, so, is, is the answer that they're both jug-eared scousers? <laughs> <laughs> well done, you win a tweet from me, uh, which you can get for free anyway, but uh, we don't have any prizes kicking around our shelves because I've given them all away as Christmas presents and birthday presents since last week's spoke. Can I just announce as well uh, the fantastic news that the company I work for, the British Forces Broadcasting Service, has teamed up with TalkSport to broadcast Premier League games to uh, forces uh, all around the world. Do you think that's brilliant? Yeah, I did. I saw that on your Facebook status there. I was very impressed, and that's, that's yeah. you know great news. So, um, well done to them, I say. Absolutely. I'm incredibly proud of being involved in that. Well, because um, Sam Collingwell's been tweeting about that as well, he's also going to be involved in that. So that's maybe not the greatest news for the forces, but nevertheless, <laughs> I'm sure they've got... They must have thought they had enough to deal with on a day-to-day basis, but no, <laughs> there's something yet worse to come their Stanley way. Stanley Victor Collingwell, <laughs> dogging near you. <laughs> uh, anyway, you've got to go... 
No, well, it's not think... allegedly, is it? It's, uh... <laughs> it's not allegedly. It's not allegedly. We can, we can say that safely. Stanley, you're a disgusting man and you should be saying. <laughs> but there's a, a few features we didn't have time for, Mr. Stable. Yeah, it's too bad. Should we just go by them one by one? Because I know you have yeah. this as well. <laughs> go on. Would you start? I love yours. Okay, uh, I wanted to talk about the best Mexican left-backs of 1973 to 1976. I wanted to talk about which of your toes is the evil one. Your three favourite retaken penalties. Smoking helps hand-eye coordination, ideal for goalkeepers. The world's tallest dwarf. Most attractive children. The world's smallest giant. <laughs> you can't... <laughs> <laughs> Mine was really funny as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, is chess a sign of witchcraft? Sexiest numbers. Footballers who are also astronauts. Gorillas, more than just furry Scots. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, and the final one, of course, the 50 best episodes of One Tree Hill, which I was very much looking forward yeah, to. Uh, very much looking forward to. It's too bad, but uh, hopefully we'll have time for those another day. In the... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's this cough. <coughs> I think I've done all right. attractive children again, isn't it? <laughs> yes, well, I can't comment on that, obviously. It'd be very unprofessional <laughs> of me to do so. But yeah, here I am giggling away about it like a small girl, which is nice. Uh, in the meantime, my dear friend, I must bid you farewell, and we will log again. We're going to get back to trying to do it regularly now, aren't we? We're thinking every second Thursday with hopefully a couple of bonus ones in between if we have time, but we're, we're busy men. We're busy guys. Too busy yeah. to even organise my stag do, which we need to get on with. Maybe the, maybe the loggers can do that for us, I don't know. I don't, actually, I don't want that to happen. It's going to be a budget thing. Let's talk low. Yeah, let's definitely talk low. I'm, I'm happy with that. Well, ladies and gents, that's all for this episode of the Hallam Paul Football Log. Thank you for tuning in. It's nice to be back, uh, personally. I don't know about you, Hal, but I've had a great time. Uh, don't forget, you can email us at football underscore log at yahoo.co.uk. You can tweet us at twitter.com slash football log. And it's always great when we uh, get messages from anybody about anything, really. I really like it. Uh, so do drop us a line. We will get back to you on that. We are very reliable for these sort of things. And we're also on Facebook as well. So really, uh, you've got no excuse. And from me, Paul Snavely of the Hallam Paul Football Log, it is au revoir, arrivederci, and goodbye. Same from me. Thanks again, Paul. football lock. What do you reckon? Which one's the um, commoner? This is a great thing. Both of us have bad hair. Both of us are unusually attractive. So it could be either of us, really. Yeah, I'm, I'm confused as to which one is supposed to be which. Yeah. I well, mean, if we go, if we look at stock, then you're, <laughs> not, you're definitely the commoner. Let's not get into that's very, no, that's very argument funny. about this. <laughs> you okay. go down my bloodline. Yeah. I'm actually related to Queen Victoria. Do you know that? Are you? Yeah, distantly. Yeah. On the family tree, Grandpa did it and found out. Wow. Mm. So, uh, sorry, commoner. <laughs> that does mean that, that does make me unusually uh, attractive, though, which is true. Obviously. Yeah, I'm happy with that. You know, I'll be inbred. Got a good. I can stick that on at the end of the log as a little uh, extra.